just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Hey, it's producer Ivana Martinez, and here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Flag madness. It seems like everybody is updating their old flags these days. Salt Lake City's recently got a new makeover, and vexillologists, aka people who study flags, loved it. Plus, the Utah legislature just approved a new state flag, but it's not over the finish line yet. Our host, Ali Vallarta, talked with Ted Kay from the North American Vexillological Association about what makes a good flag and why it's important to have one. It's Tuesday, March 14th, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Ted Kay, you literally wrote the book on what makes a good flag. And you were on the committee for Salt Lake City's new flag. For anyone who hasn't seen it yet, can you just describe it for us? It's a great design. Salt Lake City actually says Salt Lake. It's a horizontal by bar of light blue over white, light blue being lake and white being salt, so Salt Lake. Oh, yeah, okay. And in the upper left-hand corner is a sago lily, the state's flower, denoting Salt Lake as the capital of the state of Utah. It's a wonderful simple, iconic flag, and I'm sure it's going to be broadly accepted across Salt Lake. I'm surprised how often I'm seeing people wearing it. I I like that it's very bright. I feel like often with flag designs, we see these like really saturated colors, and the blue is very bright, the white is very bright. It's um, It pops. Well, that's great. Uh, one of the challenges, of course, is that flags in the wild fade, and so mm. having darker colors or more saturated colors gives more opportunity for those colors to last longer as they fade. Uh, a light blue, such as in Salt Lake City's flag, is as it fades, it's going to be even lighter. And so that may be a part of a challenge. But modern dyes are better and uh, the Salt Lake City flag is going to survive in the wild quite well, I think. Well, so the book that you wrote about flag design is called Good Flag, Bad Flag. And I have to ask you, in terms of good flags, who decides what makes a good flag? How do we know besides vibes? Good flag, bad flag is a 16-page pamphlet that I compiled based on the flag design wisdom of about 20 different people. But what I did was I distilled the wisdom of those people and figured out what they were all saying. And they were saying this, that the five basic principles of flag design are simplicity, meaningful symbolism, two to three colors, no lettering or seals, and distinctiveness. And if a flag meets those principles, it's very likely to be an effective design. And I hasten to say that it's a catchy title, good flag, bad flag, but it can be misconstrued as saying flags are bad or flags are good. What we really mean is effective design or ineffective design. And that's because flags are meant to be signaling devices seen at a distance. 
And we're talking about what designs are effective at that function for flags. Would you be willing to dish on a flag that isn't cutting it? A favorite target of flag design observers is Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a flag that is a kitchen sink flag. It's got everything on it. In fact, it was designed in the mid-1950s by an alderman who took flag proposals and took something from each proposal and put it on the flag. It's got a huge amount of stuff on the flag, and it's just an awful I'm looking at it. It's a mess. (laughs) It is. It's a a frequent target, partially because Milwaukee's failed at least three times to get a new design over the finish line. Something in Milwaukee is preventing them from having success in updating their municipal flag. Hmm. I want to ask you why in this day and age we even need a flag because we live in this tech era, right? Like we have logos and we by and large do things online. Why does the city even need a flag anymore? There is an argument to be made that the flag is the logo for the city, Hmm. the ultimate icon. And why are flags important? I believe flags are the ultimate icon of our tribalism, that we're tribal creatures, we belong to different groups, and flags often are the symbols of those groups, whether it's neighborhood, city, state, nation, or military, or school. Obviously, that's a big deal in Utah, showing your colors of the universities you're, you're associated with, yes. or sports teams. People feel very tribal about their sports teams. And Mm -hmm. we seek the symbols of our tribes. And to the extent that people do identify with their city, they will seek a symbol to show that they are associated with that city. If the city's own symbolism is deficient, that territory is ceded to sports teams. And people will grab the symbolism of their city's sports teams as a substitute for their own connection to their city itself. Okay, that is really hitting me because if you go to any grocery store in Salt Lake City, you can buy University of Utah apparel, apparel in the grocery store. You can buy Utah Jazz apparel, mugs, whatever, stickers for your car. You might even find some BYU apparel. The Salt Lake City flag, not for sale at the local grocery store quite yet, but not I wonder yet. if that will and change. I think, I think not yet is a key point. And also, if we talk about the Utah state flag, hmm. I would guess you're not seeing apparel very much, if any, apparel with the current Utah state flag, the seal hmm. on a blue background. But as Utah adopts a new design, assuming the governor signs the bill, Utah will have a new state flag And I predict you will see a massive amount of merchandise with that new flag on it. Hmm. Just as you see it in your neighbor's four corner states of Colorado and Arizona and New Mexico, there's tourist stuff with that flag imagery all over. Utah is going to join that group. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. 
And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. I want to talk about the Utah state flag redesign because... I mean, in Salt Lake City, it feels like we pulled it off really smoothly and people are happy with it. But the state flag redesign has been a bit of a nightmare for everyone involved. Do you think the redesign was justified? You think we needed a new one? There have been a few state redesigns in recent memory and a couple that are underway. And all of them that I can think of have been driven by negative reasons. Hmm. Georgia, Mississippi... Minnesota, Massachusetts, all of those state redesigns that have happened or are underway are because of some kind of offensive symbolism or perceived offensive symbolism on the flag. In Georgia and Mississippi's case, it was the Confederate battle flag that came off. Mm -hmm. In Massachusetts and Minnesota's case, it's the depiction of a Native American on the flag. But in Utah's case, the promoters of a new flag in Utah saw the opportunity for Utah to brand itself more successfully. Utah's state flag, the seal on a blue background, is indistinguishable at a distance from 23 other U.S. state flags <laughs> that have that design. We call those SOB flags. That's seal on a bedsheet. Yeah, okay, and yep. if you look at Utah's flag, and try to pick it out in a group of state flags at a distance, it's impossible. Utah deserves better than that. A great state deserves a great flag, and Utah's on its way to having a great flag. Well, and also depending on which way the wind is blowing and where you're standing, you also might be like, huh, where's Hatu? <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Indeed. I can think of three basic arguments against seals on flags. 
The first is you can't make them out at a distance. They're meant to be seen on a piece of paper close up on one side of the piece of paper and not moving. They're not meant to be seen at a distance on a piece of fabric flapping and on both sides. If you want to avoid it reading backwards, you have to sew two seals onto the flag and that makes the flag heavy and expensive. But the third argument, which is more subtle, is the seal's purpose is to mark an official piece of paper. The flag should belong to the people. The flag should represent the entire state, not just the government of the state. Hmm. Now, the opposition to changing the flag amounts to, I love the old flag. I've seen the old flag all my life. You're canceling my history. Uh, You've got better things to do than change the flag. These are the kinds of arguments that are advanced. And even the person who assures us that he or she loves the flag could probably have a terrible time describing what's on the flag. Most Utahns can't tell you more than, well, it's blue, it's got a beehive on it, maybe there's a a flag or an eagle, or maybe it says Utah on it, Mm -hmm. but it's a seal. It's a very complex thing. Seals are meant to be complex, so they can't be counterfeited. They just don't belong on flags. How closely have you been following the drama around Utah's state flag redesign, Ted? Quite closely, actually. Quite closely. So are you familiar with the referendum that's been filed? I, I am. I can understand the people who feel that They want to keep the old flag. They feel a connection to the old flag. They're familiar with it. But it's actually very unusual for the people to vote on a flag that represents them. Usually, actually almost all the time, it's the representatives of the people in the government. It's the legislature and the the executive that work together to create the symbols for this Mm -hmm. that represent the state or the nation. A referendum is very uncommon. Yeah, this is, a, this is a reactionary response to a year-long process that involved thousands and thousands of Utahns to create a new symbol for the state. Well, and how do you feel about it, the flag that they came up with? Could you describe it and maybe give it a rating? I'm going to describe from memory the new flag of Utah. Imagine a horizontal tri-bar of blue over white over red in which the central white band pops up into the blue in the shape of five mountain peaks. And the red has a V in it that accommodates a central symbol, which is a hexagon. Inside the hexagon, which is blue, there is a stylized gold beehive surrounded by a gold hexagonal ring and below the beehive is a white five-pointed star. That design has tremendous meaning for Utah. The basic meaning is there's a beehive on it and Utah is the beehive state. But there's blue and white and red, which are national colors. Those are also colors that along with the gold come from the current flag, the red for the red rocks of Southern Utah, the white representing the mountains, pushing into the sky, the beehive as the symbol of Utah, the star represents the native tribes of Utah and represents Utah as a state in the union. There's even more symbolism in it, but it's a very recognizable design and it's identifiable. You can look at it at a distance and see that 
what's on it. And you can remember that that represents Utah. It's different from any other U.S. state. And I predict within a few years, it will be ubiquitous. And people will look on the old flag with fondness and memory, but they will think, that's our new flag. You know, I, I got to tell you, I more enjoyed listening to you describe the new Utah flag than I do looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) I found it very relaxing. And I was like, maybe we need, maybe I'm just an audio gal, but I'm like, maybe we need an audio flag for those of us who don't feel anything when we necessarily look at the design. But I feel like when you were describing it, I was really following you. So I don't know, maybe it needs better advocates than the legislature. It's possible that they are not the best messengers for the flag. Well, it's it's also the the staffers in the state government are doing a great job at helping to create the messaging. There's a the website for the Utah state flag, the more than a flag uh, effort, and there's great images for your listeners to go to to see how that the flag and its components are explained. I'll add though that it's very typical for a new flag to have opposition and for people not to embrace it immediately. By the way, when we talk about people embracing a flag, a city flag or a state flag, I believe one of the best markers of civic enthusiasm for a flag is when we start seeing it show up as a tattoo. Yeah. I doubt there are very many tattoos of the current Utah flag. No. But I predict we will start seeing them or at least we'll be hearing about them, of the new Utah flag. Yeah. Well, you'd have to be in the chair for a long time to get that seal done if you wanted that tattoo. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we see some Sego Lily tattoos in response to the Salt Lake City flag. Absolutely. Absolutely. Both are, in my opinion, as a design person, great improvements in the branding of the city and the state. So, I mean, the reason we're having this conversation now is, A, the Utah flag sort of kerfuffle. All that's happening in getting Utah's new flag across the finish line. Salt Lake City flag crushing it, in my opinion. I have a beanie with the flag on it. Now, Ogden, our neighbors to the north, are embarking on the process of designing their first flag. They're one of Utah's 10 biggest cities, and yet they're the only one without a city flag. So I guess my question for you is, what's in the water? Like, why are we in this flag moment? Well, I think part of it is the internet and and a primary driver of flag redesign and design is Roman Mars, who did a TED Talk in 2015 called Why City Flags May Be the Worst Design Thing You've Never Noticed. (laughs) And that TED Talk's been seen 7 million times. And- I think it's triggered a huge wave of city flag redesign, and that's rippled into the state level. Hmm. And uh, in Ogden's case, the awareness about the state flag redesign, I think also reinforces the enthusiasm at the city level. And as Ogden proceeds to adopt a flag, it has the benefit of not having to replace an old flag and deal with people who love the old flag or just don't like the idea of change. It's just coming up with a design. The important thing, though, that I've seen 
looking at our survey of new American city flags, about 30% of the flags we surveyed got an A or a B grade, but 60% got a D or an F. It, oh. it astounded me at how many poor designs had been adopted in the past seven years. Mm. We'd published Good Flag, Bad Flag. We'd done a fantastic job, I thought, of training flag designers. And I realized what we'd missed was we hadn't trained the flag choosers. It's <laughs> the flag commissions or the juries or the city councils that need to understand the basic principles of flag design. Otherwise, they choose designs that are pretty pictures or they're too busy. They try to put too much on the flag. In fact, when I give advice to these committees, uh, at, at the end of my presentation, I tell them about Coco Chanel, yeah. the fashion designer who had advice to women. She said, when you're going out for the evening and you're dressed up and you put on all your jewelry, take a look in the mirror and take off one item of jewelry. And I challenge flag designers, once they've come up with their design, to look at it and say, what are you going to take off mm. and still make it work? Well, Ogden, I hope you're listening. Ted Kay, Secretary of the North American Vexillological Association. Thank you so much for your time. What a joy chatting with you. Thank you, Ali, for helping us spread the word about great flag design. Ali mentioned a group of Utahns are trying to keep the new state flag from taking its place on the flagpole. They've recently filed paperwork to potentially put the issue on a future ballot as a referendum and let voters decide on whether to adopt the new design. But it's a massive effort. For this referendum to happen, they need more than 130,000 signatures by April 12th. That seems like a lot of extra work for a flag that was chosen after a multi-year process and thousands of submissions. That's all for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. 